Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would answer Paul's prayer in our Ephesians lesson for today. That you indeed would root us and ground us in love. That you indeed would abide and dwell in our hearts and that it would impact our lives and those around us to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul loves this church in Ephesus. He assigned his own disciple, Timothy, to be the leader, bishop, if you will, of that church. And you can read those letters in First and Second Timothy. But this letter in Ephesians is powerful. And this text today, this Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, I have long referred to as my life verse. I love this prayer of Paul for his church. It flows out of uh, a movement in the letter in Ephesians. There's, there's really two parts to this letter with, with this prayer right in the middle. The first part is doctrine. Uh, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus because Ephesus is a place that has many philosophies and, and many uh, conversations and even uh, uh, arguments over what is truth. And Paul wants the church to know the truth of God's love in Jesus. It's clear in these first sections, the first two chapters of Ephesians, that, that it is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that saves both Jew and Gentile. That is Jew and non-Jew, all people. Jesus is sent for everyone. And then before Paul moves to the second section of this, of this text in, in, in Ephesians 4 and following, the, and talks about how this is to be applied in our lives, the details of how we live this truth out, he focuses on this prayer for the church. He focuses on this prayer for me and for you. It says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Paul begins this by telling us that because of all these truths that he's referred to earlier in the book of Ephesians, he prays to God. And he wants to reinforce the idea of who God is. God is the source of everything. God is the creator of all things. And God is especially the creator of all humanity. Every person was created by God. All people are created in the image of God. All people fall under the authority of God. So it is right and good that as Paul prays, he's praying for all people. But he's moving specifically to Christ's church. 
He says, I pray that from his, God's, glorious unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. As Paul prays and moves us from doctrine to life, he reminds us that our God is not a God of scarcity, but of abundance. That God has unlimited resources and that those resources are at work in our world and in our lives. And so he's turning to a God who is able, able to do what? Able to do whatever God desires. Nothing is impossible for God. And so Paul is praying for the people who are created in the image of God, and he's praying to the God who is able to do anything God wants to do. And he says that as we are strengthened with this power in our inner beings, inner strength for us, that Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. We sometimes use language like we're searching for God. Uh, and, and even Christians, especially when we encounter low points in our, in our life and in our relationship with God, when, when we feel like we're maybe praying to a blank wall, we're told here that Christ makes his home in our hearts. God is with us. Wherever we go, whatever we face, whatever the challenges are before us, we do not face them alone. This prayer is not making it happen. This prayer is reminding us of that truth that through faith, Christ is present with us. Through faith, we are never alone. Now, don't start thinking that faith is something you have to conjure up. Faith is rather, again, a part of that amazing work that God does in us. We simply receive it and lean on it. And then there's these amazing words. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. What Paul is, is praying here is that God's people, you and I, that, that, that we would find such strength and nurturing in God's love that it would allow us to, to blossom, to grow, 
to, to find strength even in our weakness and especially in our challenges, that, that the source for God's power to unfold in our lives is rooted in our understanding of the depth of God's love for us. We are not defined by our weaknesses and our struggles, but rather our identities, our name comes from Jesus. We are who we are in him, and his presence in us empowers us to walk through each day, to walk alongside others as they struggle or as they rejoice. We give God the glory for it all, and we lean on him and rely on him for strength and encouragement and guidance through it all. Paul uses language here, uh, how, how wide and how long and how high and how deep to to point in every direction that, that we can recognize that, that God's love covers everything, includes everyone. I sometimes struggle to understand whether I need to emphasize to you and need emphasized to me, God's love for me, God's love for you. Because I think so often we think that something we've done or not done, some thought that we have, some sin that's in our life will disqualify us. Somehow God will love us less because of something we've done or not done. Because we want to progress in our lives. If we haven't progressed the way we think we should, we start to question whether or not God would be too frustrated with us, whether, whether or not he would give up on us. And so we need to be reminded that God's love for us is unconditional, that it's rooted in Jesus having given his life for us. Or, especially in the world we live in today where there are so many different uh, groups of people that are sort of in conflict with one another, Maybe we need to be reminded even more so today that God loves them. God loves those people that we have somehow distinguished ourselves from, that they are different or less or worse than us. We're reminded that we have nothing to brag about earlier in Ephesians in verse, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. We're told that it's by grace through faith and not of our works. We have we have nothing to boast about. And then we're told that because of that grace and faith, we can do the good work of loving our neighbor, of uplifting our neighbor, and especially of loving them when they think they're unlovable. God can, by the power of the Spirit at work within us, empower us to love others in his name and to his honor and glory. It's the mission of the church to make that love known, especially to those who don't know it or doubt it. 
And it's really interesting that the text goes on and says this, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. The um, English Standard Version says, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, to know something that is unknowable, to, to have an experience of God's love that is so great, it's more than we can possibly comprehend. I think the Christian life is a journey into the depths of God's love for us. I think each day this prayer takes impact and calls us into a deeper and deeper and deeper experience of God's love for us especially when we're hearing criticism from others, or maybe even most especially when we're experiencing our own self-critique, when we're disappointed in ourselves, we remember that God's love carries us through, that we're forgiven and that God's mercies are new every day so that we can begin afresh in the love and power and strength of God. And here's the interesting thing as this text goes on. It says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. How would you be made complete? By understanding the fullness of God's love for you and for others. By, by focusing on understanding what God's love is all about, we grow deeper and stronger and fuller and more complete. It is the journey of life. And then Paul wants to, to close this text with, uh, with a doxology. He began uh, uh, with bowing his knees before the Father, uh, for his, his glory and goodness, and now he ends, now all glory to God. And then, get this, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. This power of God, this, this almighty God, as he dwells in our lives and in our hearts, is able to, by that power, work in and through you and me. Sometimes I think that it's important in planning to, you know, take stock of our, our resources and, and determine what portion of those resources can be dedicated uh, to the task or goal that is before us. And, and there are times when we have big goals, important goals, uh, priorities, and we will, we will dedicate a lot of resources to make that thing happen. Maybe to the sacrifice of many others. As Paul praises God at the end of this prayer, he helps us to realize that 
no matter how much we ask, God is doing more. And we're reminded that it's not our resources that we rely upon, but rather the resources of this God whose resources are unlimited. Sometimes I make the mistake of of reading this text that it's just for me. And and sometimes I, I read this text as God's spirit at work in me rather than in us, in the church, in God's people uh, everywhere and in all places. And, and I want to say, sometimes the resources don't need to be in my pocket because they're in yours. Sometimes the giftedness of God doesn't need to be in my life because it's in your life. And God has called us to work together as his people to accomplish his will and purpose. And sometimes I just need to offer the little pittance that I bring. And when it's combined with all of the gifts of all of God's people, it can accomplish amazing things. Again, more than we can ask or think. And we see that because this glory is to God. And then the language is in the church and in Christ Jesus. Not in me. Not in you. Not for me or for you. We, we live with the indwelling Christ empowering us and calling us to a much greater purpose than just us. We're called to be living out the purposes of God, good works that God prepared beforehand for us to do. That's our response to the grace and goodness of God. It's a response that lives into the purpose that God intends for his people. And then there's this final notion. As Paul wraps up this prayer, all glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. This work of God in his creation is generation to generation. A legacy has been left to me, to us, and we live with that legacy. And we extend that legacy to the generations that will follow us. And here we see all glory to him in his church, in Christ Jesus, through all generations. This love of God has been since the creation of the world will go on long beyond us, but we have this incredible privilege of experiencing the love of Christ and then being empowered by it to live out God's purpose and to bring him honor and glory in our lives, in our relationships, in our church, in our city, in our world. May you know the love of Christ. May you be rooted and strengthened in that love And may you experience the power of God at work within you to blow your mind as God does in and through you more 
than you can ask, think, or imagine. Thanks be to God. Amen.